God bless the flag, we all beating our chest. When it's peace, it's the same old game, the same old players, the same old names. My skin is my sin. My skin is my sin. And you are not tuned into My Skin is My Sin presents another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. I am your host, Jobs, and right on cue is tonight's guest, Dr. Robert Drummond. How you doing, King? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Dr. Drummond? Yeah. Nice to have you, man. It's, it's an honor. Truly appreciate your time and your energy. How's your family? Everybody's doing good, man. No complaints. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. And I know you've got a, a limited amount of time, so I want to jump right into it, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Okay. Um, Pro-vaccine, correct? Pro-science. <laughs> okay. You know, the way I would say it is I'm pro-science, and the vaccine, um, the science supports, you know, that the vaccine is is the safest route to developing immunity. So from that perspective, yeah, I'm, I'm pro-vaccine, but I feel like, you know, we also have to, there are situations where vaccination A may not necessarily be, if you would call it necessary, and then mm-hmm. also it may not even be safe for some individuals, right? And so for me, that's why I say I'm just pro-science. I'm just following the science. And so when you have those scenarios, I think we have to look beyond just saying pro-vaccine. We really mm-hmm. have to just say, hey, we're going to follow the data. And so, you know, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you have someone who is, you know, let's just say that they have – um, had a really bad response to SARS-CoV-2, but they had an infection. They have really long-lasting immunity. You can check their antibody levels and see that they're still through the roof. Why are we forcing them to get vaccinated? Um, especially if they had, you know, long-lasting side effects. Like, yeah, we know that vaccination might help them make them feel a little better. There's anecdotal mm-hmm. support that it may improve long COVID. But there be some, I have some patients personally that had horrible side effects of the vaccine, and they're definitely going to get medically accused from getting, from getting a um, having to have a booster. And so it's just, I think obviously in general, everybody should get vaccinated that can safely get vaccinated, and it's definitely a safer alternative than just trying to go out and fight this virus on your own. But we take today, and then we look back at everyone that has been infected. We should mm-hmm. at least include those and count those as being as being having immunity and we aren't doing that the government isn't doing that news stations aren't talking about it i put the data out there all the time i show the papers i show people where they can go and read the no, papers. Say, say that one more time for me well so what the data shows is that if you look and they've looked at thousands of patients right thousands of patients mm-hmm. that were either vaccinated but uh, non-infected or infected but not vaccinated, and they just looked at their levels of circulating antibodies. So after vaccination, the levels are higher. Two doses of vaccination, the levels are almost tenfold higher on average than individuals that were infected. But what you see is something we call antibody decay. And so over time, those antibodies start to decay. They start to decline. And for these two groups, 
individuals that were vaccinated but not infected and mm-hmm. individuals infected but not vaccinated, that mm-hmm. decline happens at different rates. It happens faster for those vaccinated. So mm. out, you go out nine months or you go out six months, and there's already 16% of patients that were vaccinated who don't have measurable antibodies. But you go but out the people that months, had that, that, But the people at that point that were positive, they do. Exactly. And so, okay. and so actually if you go out even further and you go out nine months, people that were infected, they actually only have only 10% of those have uh, immeasurable antibodies. So what it means is that you're going to have waning immunity in both groups, but it's happening faster in those that are vaccinated. Now, this isn't a reason to tell people not to get vaccinated because, again, vaccination is still a safer means of immunity than infection. It just means we should be counting people who are infected. That's the big thing. My wife and I both got got, got COVID like like months Mm -hmm. ago. She got sick. She didn't get sick sick. Mm -hmm. But she, you know, but I, I didn't have any, any anything. I yep. just was that's, and that's the difference in people. But if you measure both of your antibodies right now, I'm sure you both will still have measurable antibodies. Mm. Okay, so let, so me, let me ask you this. What, what, brothers and sisters, how are they responding to you personally as far as getting vaccinated? Well, I'll tell you, because of just what I just told you, the way mm-hmm. that I present facts, I don't come across as being biased. I don't come up because I'm not. I don't come across as having an agenda to push. I'm not on the board of any of these vaccine companies. I don't accept money from any of these vaccine companies. I haven't done talks for any of these vaccine companies. So when I do my talks, I tell everyone I have no financial um, uh, disclosures. Like I have no um, uh, financial disclosures in terms of that would alter me in terms of what I'm or affect what I'm telling you all. Mm-hmm. And and I present what I think to be a balanced set of information. I talk to people about immunity after infection. I talk to people about immunity after vaccination. I talk to people about immunity after having both infection and vaccination, which is ideal, right? And so that's me. That's that's uh, that's what I have. I was infected mm-hmm. and I got two doses of the vaccine. And so which I'm one did you very take? I took Moderna. I took Moderna. Okay. okay. Um, but. You know, any of them, I would have taken any of them if they were offered because, you know, I, I, I remember what COVID felt like. You know, it probably felt like, for me, how it felt for your wife. It wasn't fun. There was nothing fun about that. I didn't have an asymptomatic infection. I didn't have a mild case. I had, you know, what would be considered moderate COVID-19. It wasn't severe, so I didn't have to go into the hospital, but it was borderline. And so I don't want every single person is basically just taking their chances Every single person is just kind of rolling the dice and saying, hey, you know what, I'm gonna, if you get infected and you're not vaccinated, then you're counting on your body's immune system to be able to handle this virus. And we just don't know. It's different. It's not just about age. It's not just about health. It's not just mm-hmm. about any of those things. We've had, you know, some younger folks that were healthy die. We've had some older folks that have horrible health completely asymptomatic. So it's really a crapshoot for individuals. And uh, But I will say that, you know, the worst people have treated their bodies the worst off their chances are, right? And so you can't tell me, hey, yeah. doc, I hear everything you're saying. Um, I'm I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm just going to let my immune system fight it. But, you know, again, I just keep it real with people. But, I'm 400 pounds. You know, I, I drink a shitload right. of McDonald's. I mean, I eat a exactly. shitload of McDonald's. I drink, I, I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking know, cognac like, every weekend. I smoke right. weed every day. <laughs> I smoke cigarettes. I eat McDonald's. I don't exercise. I'm being right. like 40. Right, so you've been treating, like, yeah. no offense. Again, I'm just keeping it 100. 
So you've been treating your body like shit for the last 40 years, and now you want it to go run a race <laughs> against a marathon runner, right? That's, yeah. what, you're, that's yeah. what you're saying. And so it's not reasonable. But I have patients on the flip side of that. I have patients say, Doc, I never get sick. Um, I'm a vegan. Uh, I work out five times a week and sometimes twice a day. Um, I take all of my supplements, and they list all of the supplements that they take. Uh, you know, they're doing you're everything optimal, right. Optimal conditions. You're in optimal condition, and I'll say, you know what? Your chances are very high that you're going to be yeah. fine. I'm, yeah. They're not perfect, but I get that person saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take my chances. I get that person. I don't want them to do it, but I understand it, and that's a reasonable conversation. But the other person, that's not a reasonable conversation you're having with me. And I'm just, again, yeah, I just got to keep it 100 with folks. What, what, if, what if you're wrong? What if the science is wrong? And that's the, that's the thing. And it, it, of course, it's with every medication. Um, and people use that 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 part of the argument all the time. You know, when you take a medication, you don't know what's in it. Well, I know they've been making this medication for 25 years. I don't know that they've been making this vaccination for 25 years. If they have, correct me. I could be wrong. Um, uh, but what happens so, so, like in 20 years, and and kids are being born with one arm? Yeah. So that's that's just. Um... You know, I think that's that's too many sci-fi movies. Um, that <laughs> and, and that's where it, that's where it gets down to to people not understanding the science. And I think it's, that's where it's the government actually not failed. It's actually oh, no, not. No, no, I'm gonna tell you why. They, like, they experimented on our soldiers in the Desert Storm, the first one. They had yeah. them take some shit, and they they had no choice about taking that shit, and that had repercussions Great. to people's uh, 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 children. Hundred percent. But that's, a, that's an experimental medication um, that was, again, as you mentioned, developed very, very quickly. This is something that, you know, and you mentioned this earlier, and so this is a kind of good time to respond to it. Um, mm-hmm. This is a technology that has literally been in the works for 30 years, right? And so mm-hmm. all the mistakes that you would expect a new medication to, 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 to have, all the problems you expect it to have, mRNA technology experienced that. You know, I did I did a talk early on in the pandemic about the real person that has been given credit for the for the discovery of this or making this technology work, and that's someone named um, Dr. Catalin Carico. So she's a Hungarian-born scientist that mm. was doing research, and she was failing, failing, failing. She was an associate professor. I worked her way up, associate professor. She kept trying to get this to work, just like everyone else in the field were trying to get RNA technology to work. They were all failing to the point where she got demoted. And they basically said, listen, if you can't do better, like, you're going to be out. You're going to lose your job. So she got demoted. She almost lost her job. She started collaborating with a guy named Drew Weissman over at UPenn, and they continued to work, and their collaborative minds were able to make a huge breakthrough. They realized that with RNA, there was a way that they had to modify it in order to get it into the cells, to get the cells to do what they wanted it to do. So they had all the, all the data that was showing the problems and, and, and everything, and once they mm-hmm. made that modif- modification, boom, they got it to go in. They saw the toxicity drop. They saw everything that they wanted to see. That process took 15 years. That was 1990 to 2005 is basically from the first time she published to when she actually got it to work. So that's already a decade and a half just in getting the technology to work, right? And so for the next – that was 2005, so then they've been working on that again for the next 15 years after that, from 2005 to 2020, um, when, when they basically decided to launch these vaccines. So there's been tons of animal experiments. There's been tons of cellular experiments. We've watched what happened to mice from the moment that they got this until when they died. 
<laughs> they didn't grow, and you can you can transpose that in terms of mouse years, chimpanzee years, and human years. None of them mm-hmm. grew third arms. None of them became sterile. We didn't see any of that. So this research was literally 30 years in the making from infancy to implementation. But there were a whole lot of other aspects that had to happen in regards to understanding the protein structure for spike proteins, understanding the importance of spike proteins and coronaviruses. There, the gentleman that is over this project, a lot of people contribute this, uh, especially a lot of people in the black community, uh, to mm-hmm. Dr. Kizzy. Well, Dr. Kizzy had the boss, and Dr. Kizzy's boss name is Dr. Barney Graham. He's an MD, PhD. He has been the, the deputy director of the Vaccine Research Center for the last 30 years. He's the one that Anthony Fauci gets his information from. And so I did a live with him. I, his I his credibility is not all that great either, though, bro. Like, we got to be honest. Which one? Fa- we talking about Fauci. Fauci. We're talking yeah. about Fauci. Yeah. So, he all over the place. Dr. Graham, yeah. nobody even knows who Dr. Graham is, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. Graham, is, he's not an attention seeker. He hasn't tried to go on the circuit and try to make himself famous and become the person that saved the humanity. If I didn't mention who Dr. Barney Graham is, you wouldn't even know who he is because that's mm-hmm. the essence of science. That's what scientists do. They're not out, the real ones, they're not out glory searching. They're just trying to make discoveries to move the field, field forward. And so Barney Graham was working with the head of Moderna to create an mRNA vaccine for something completely different. They had been working on this protein structure. They have been working on trying to understand coronaviruses, but they were working on a whole other body. Now, you could, like, 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 when you, like when you – and I'm sorry, but when you're saying it, like you can't see how people are hesitant, though? But this is like what, you, you, I, you, I, went I through, you went through the process – Right, like you went through the process of medical school, the whole nine. That's a long ass process. Salute to you, man. I'm proud of you, by the way. Um, okay, I went. Let's let, let, let get it straight. I went through medical school, graduate school, uh, postdoctoral research fellowship, and internal medicine residency training for 19 years. So I get it. My, my level of yes. understanding of this is it, beyond what completely the different. Person. Yeah. So like but the rest of us is kind of like. Uh, but this is what I. This is why I say that the government has failed in terms of just educating. Like they should have had whole, they had they should have had months of seminars just on explaining to people what mRNA was and what mRNA technology was, explaining the history, explaining its development, explaining how we got here. They didn't do any of that. They just assumed but the, that people the, the, the say, problem hey, with this the is a vaccine. Let's take it. The problem with the government is they can't. They make no attempt to apologize for their intentional actions of the past. Agree. So they have earned, especially with black folks, they have absolutely earned the distrust a thousand percent and really haven't done much to say, hey, I'm sorry. And that's why we're in the situation. No, 100%. Everything that you're saying is correct. That's why we're in the situation. That's why uh, black folks don't trust the government. That's why they don't trust health care. We haven't done right by them in health care either, right? We can't excuse the health care community. The health care community has, you know, ignored uh, some of these health disparities that have gone on that we've known about for a very long time, and then now the pandemic mm. comes, and they're like, hey, guys, uh, we really are your best friends, and we really do love you. We want you to go ahead and take this vaccine. And the black folks are like, hell no. You haven't exactly. cared about me in forever, and now you want me to trust you to take this vaccine? So I I don't dismiss things that people say in regards to their uh, mistrust or distrust of either the government or the healthcare community. The only thing I can do is provide uh, unbiased information, good, bad, and otherwise, in regards to infections, in regards to vaccination, in regards to this virus, in regards to the disease, and let people make their decisions. 
And so I feel that, yes, while I'm pro-vaccine because I understand that in the equation of benefit to risk, it far outweighs, the benefit far outweighs the risk. But Mm -hmm. I don't expect everyone to just get that and understand it. So it's my job to do my best to explain it. Um, I feel that when you started off, you asked me what has been my reception. By and large, 98% of people, 98% of my DMs, and my comments on my page are very positive, and they're very supportive. And so, and they just say, hey, listen, I wasn't believing shit that I was hearing in the news. I wasn't believing anything Fauci was telling me. I wasn't yeah. believing anything that my doctor was telling me, but I watched hours and hours of your videos, and it's because of you, me and my husband decided to get vaccinated, and we're now vaccinated, and I got COVID, and I had mild symptoms, and I appreciate that. Again, that's that sentiment has probably been made hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of times or over a thousand times on my page and, and via my DMs. And so from my perspective, I don't look at myself as some kind of hero or anything like that. I'm just a doctor that has a little more information than everyone else. And so it's my job to get that information out to folks. That's it. That's it. And I don't want them to feel, you know, castigated. I don't want them to feel, like, you know, people are looking down on them because they make the decision not to get vaccinated. I'm just going to – I'm still going to put it into the right perspective for them. But at the same time, I understand their hesitancy. So I could sit back, not do any education, not put anything on my page. I mean, I've done videos where I've broken down every single one of the vaccines. I've talked about the good. I've talked about the bad. I've talked about the side effects. i talk about a lot of those things. So I've mm-hmm. done my part, I feel, Um I can't say that for every physician, but, again, at the end of this pandemic, you know, 20 years from now we'll all look back and everyone will look at what part they played, uh, positive or negative, uh, during this. And, and, and most people, I feel, are doing what they feel is right, right? Like there are people that are anti-vaccine. I think a lot of them genuinely feel that they're saying the right thing. Like they genuinely yeah. feel, hey, I don't trust this thing. It hasn't been around enough. I don't like the vaccine mandate. And so I get that. It's just that in 20 years, some of us are going to be on the right side of history and some of us will be on the wrong side of history. And you yeah. mentioned that earlier. What if yeah. you're wrong? My response to that is this. When I look at vaccination and I look at infection, mm-hmm. I look at right now, what have we seen over the last year and a half? What we've seen over the last year and a half is a specific mortality rate for being infected with this virus. That mortality rate, most people get the number wrong. It's 1.7%. That is the case fatality rate for SARS-CoV-2 infection. Now, that doesn't get into the COVID-19, which is the disease, and the long COVID, which is affecting 20% of people that get infected, right? So that's a whole other issue that you have to really put into consideration when you're weighing, am I going to get this vaccine or not? But mm-hmm. that's just in terms of benefit. When you look at the risk, there's actually a paper that just came out when they've just analyzed the real data looking at, and, and I said it was a great paper because we have to do more of this, when they looked at the pros and cons of the vaccines, what are the numbers in terms of blood, and then what are the pros and cons of the a viral infection. And you mm-hmm. can see that. And so what we know is that 20% of, people, 20% of people that get infected with this virus that don't have a vaccine, they're developing long COVID. And we've seen that already over the last year and a half. Over the last year, or should I say nine months, really, that this vaccine has been available to the public, what Mm -hmm. we haven't seen is any form of what we call long vaccine, right? So there's long COVID, 
we haven't seen any chronic diseases to anything, not to the realm of 20%, right, that we're seeing from infections. We haven't seen any, any kind of comparable numbers like that. Are there people that are going to be harmed by this vaccine? Absolutely. We have to be more honest about that. There's going to be a fraction. Now, it might be one in a million. Your chances of getting a clot might be one in a million. It's like one in 400 uh, for, the vac- for the virus. But it's one in a million for the for the vaccine. So again, everything. But I can't I can't sue their ass either though, and that, like that's a problem. Like that's you can't problem. tell me well, I, I should take something and if, if yeah, it screws me yeah. up, there's no repercussions on your side. And 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 that's a that's a very valid point. A lot of people make that point, and I get it. And as a matter of fact, I think they actually passed a law that said that they couldn't. You specifically couldn't sue um, uh, for for inside effects from these vaccines, and so. I think that doesn't lead to public trust either. And so there are going to be people that are going to see that. That's going to be the reason to say I'm not going to get it. Um, tried to do is this. I, I, while I focus so much on reaching as many people as I can, what I've actually really reached out to recently is trying to get the, the anti-vaxxers that are now pro-vaxxers, right? Because mm-hmm. if I tell you that fire is hot, you've never seen fire before, you've just seen it from afar, and you're like, yeah, he told me it's hot, but I don't really know. And then you touch it and you burn your hand. You're going to be the next person telling everybody, guess what? Fire is hot. And they're going to be looking at yeah. you crazy. Like, yo, I don't know that. That's what yeah. these anti-vaxxers turned pro-vaxxers are. These are people who were anti-vaccine, they got COVID, they almost died, or they, had, they were anti-vaccine, their family member got COVID and died, and now they're pro-vaccine. That's what we're seeing across the world. We're seeing people who have been turned from anti-vaccine to pro-vaccine because their wife died or their husband died and left the kids as, as you know, I, I mean, without a father or without a mother. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen it personally. I've seen it in my practice. I've also seen it on the news. You see it on social media. And they're now racking their brains trying to figure out how can I prevent the next person from being in my situation. Um, and it's the same principle. You don't have to touch fire to know that it's hot. You don't have to wait until you are in that situation to say, damn, I should have, I should have gotten that vaccine. Literally Not- in the dying words of folks right before that intubation tube comes in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. I'm sorry I didn't get the vaccine. And yeah, that's the last word they get from me. Yeah. And then they die. But I-, I will say this too, man. I've been a nurse for 30 years. And mm-hmm. working in, in a nursing homes in the last year, Especially yep. when, 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 if you was in one that had the COVID, first off, that's a bond that you and your coworkers have that never, that's never going to go away. But secondly, yep. Yep. the the companies treated nurses so horribly mm. that I don't know any nurse that's an, a proponent of the vaccine. You know, like I, I, it's a lot of people not taking it, but even the ones that have taken it. They ain't like, oh, yeah, you should take it. These are the reasons why, you know, they just left such a fucking sour taste in our mouth last year, all of these companies. And now you want to act like, you know, it was nurses on on Facebook wearing garbage bags for protection last year. But now now you want to give me $100 at work to take a shot. Fuck out of here. Like, I'm I'm not like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like that anger yeah, is yeah, out yeah. there, bro. I mean, the anger is definitely out there, but it's not the vaccine's fault. 
it's the company's not. fault, right? But it's so you it's can't decide. I don't even know how to say it. What's that? But to a lot of people, it's all kind of like 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 you. It's a way to fight back. Gotcha. A force. You know what I'm saying? Force No, I, I get that. And then yeah. And I've seen. I will say that I've seen both. I've seen. I have seen some anti-vaccine. There was a very famous anti-vaccine nurse that, you know, ended up in the same ICU that she worked at and died. Right. Um, oh wow. Very famous. And um, she was like one of the big, you know, anti-vaccine nurses on social media. And and they posted all of her anti-vaccine posts, and they posted her talk about being positive, and they posted her saying she was headed into the ICU, she'll be fine, and then they posted her eulogy. And so I've definitely seen anti-vaccine, wow. I mean, anti-vaccine nurses that have been anti-vaccine to the end, but I've also seen a lot of seen nurses as well, and, and, and because of what they've seen. And the same thing mm-hmm. for doctors. I think the number for doctors is more like 95%. About 95% of doctors have been vaccinated. Um, true indeed, most of them because of forced vaccination, right? So that's not we got we're not gonna we're not gonna paint a you know, paint a uh put a, put lipstick on a pig and say that ninety five percent of doctors support the vaccine. I would never say that. I would say mm-hmm. that ninety five percent of doctors are vaccinated, likely because most of them had to be. Um and so you don't see as many anti vaccine doctors. There's some out there, um, but you don't see as many. Um but it doesn't as I mentioned, at the end of the day, None of that changes the fact that the virus is real and the vaccine is real. Neither of them give a shit about how we feel. <laughs> they just exist. True. The Fact. virus is hoping that we don't believe in it. The virus is hoping that we don't get vaccinated. I mean, what you saw in, with this Delta variant is just an example of how bad this virus can be. I try to get people to understand this. People are mm-hmm. dilly-dallying right now because of what I said earlier. What did I say the mortality was? The case fatality rate is 1.7%. Mm-hmm. But the two big cousins, SARS-CoV-2, who are the two big cousins for SARS-CoV-2? That's MERS, which developed, came about in 2013, only affected about 3,000 people, but it carried mm-hmm. a 30% mortality rate. And then SARS. SARS came about in 2003. It affected about 8,000 people, but it carried a 10% mortality rate. So those are the two big cousins. That's an example mm. of how bad a coronavirus pandemic can be. And if either of those two coronaviruses had had the, what we call in, in science, had the r naught of SARS-CoV-2, if they could have infected the way that SARS-CoV-2 infects, if they could have hid it, jumped, stayed uh, at been asymptomatic in some people and then jumped into other people, if they could do all this weird shit that we're getting from SARS-CoV-2, we'd have anywhere between, you know, 10 to 15 times the mortality that we have right now. It, it would have been a, this is, that would have been a global killer. That would have been a population destroyer. That would have been on the, on the order of a giant meteor hitting, hitting the world, right? That's how bad a coronavirus pandemic can get. So, I get that you think everyone. That, you think we headed for luxury, that? Right? You think we headed for that? Absolutely, absolutely. Every scientist knows that. Every virologist knows that. This—that's what we're showing. We're showing what you would call the—I don't want to call it seasonal—but for for hundreds, thousands of years, we existed with four coronaviruses that could infect humans. Right? There were four mm-hmm. coronaviruses that caused a common cold every day. And in 03 came SARS, and then in 2013 came MERS, 
And then six years later came SARS-CoV-2. So in five to six years from 2019, which is basically 24-25, we could be right around the corner from the next coronavirus pandemic. These are all coronaviruses that are causing these pandemics. Zika virus, remember how everyone was freaking out about Zika and it came and it went, right? It, this is way worse than Zika, way worse. And the next so, one could be again. So you believe the Chinese worse. story? Do you, you think it came from China? So we know it came from China. Um, the question becomes, did it come from the gain-of-research studies that were being done in Wuhan or in the Wuhan-affiliated facilities? And was this what we call an accidental lab leak, or was it an accidental escape due to things like individuals working in those lower-level labs that they shouldn't have been doing this research in, biosafety level two and things of that nature? They were working in doing these in biosafety level three labs, and some individuals were getting bit. Some individuals were reporting that. So we're still getting that. I think they just released a 900 pages of data that just came out in terms of, you know, an investigation. They're trying to figure out the origin of this thing. And so, yeah, we know it came from there. And it's looking more and more like there's a possibility of it coming from these gain-of-research um, studies. Uh, what we call gain-of, I'm sorry, gain-of-function uh, research mm-hmm. studies that were done in some of these Wuhan-affiliated institutes that were done in biosafety level labs that were not capable or should not have been handling this level of research. That's what that's, it's not just a, it's a possibility. I'm not even going to say it's a strong possibility. I'm not going to say that it happened. I'm mm-hmm. saying that's what all the energy right now, that's where everything is pointing to. It's pointing to these, you know, how you have these coronaviruses that typically only infect bats and how they could have possibly gained the function of being able to infect humans. Usually there's Oh, man, I got so many problems. questions about that. But I, I, I know you. I, I know you're running out of time. You're gonna have to. Right. Have to I was just about to tell you that. You're running out of time. Yeah. But we got to do this whole again, another bro. segment. That's a yeah. whole segment. Like, I, like oh my god, I got a lot of questions, man. And and and, and like I had Reza Islam on uh, a, a while ago, man. Shout out to that brother. Love that brother. Um, completely opposite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he and I. He and I. Oh, well, but again, like, and people have asked me to go on a show. Um, there've been people that have tried to. Tried to make this parlay happen. Um, Uh Some very famous people are trying to make this happen. And this is what I tell them. LeBron James is not going to go on a one-on-one basketball tournament with some random Joe Blow off the street who has no basketball skills. For me to give – He would would go up against, uh, 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 like, uh, let's say, matter of fact, he played at the Rucker. Same thing. Oh, 100%. He's done that. 100%, 100%, but that's still basketball, and no boys in Rutgers and Paul. Brother yeah. Islam don't know shit about science. So I'm not going to sit here and have a debate with someone who doesn't know anything about science or medicine and is operating solely off of the possibility of these, you know, conspiracy theories. I'm not going to do it. A lot of people, a lot of people have tried to make this happen. It's a whole lot of people with blue checks next to their name that have reached out to me, like, yo, you got to go on with Brother Islam. And I was like, no, I don't. I, I don't. I can have reasonable conversations with people who deal in reason. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to have a conversation with someone who isn't even basing their opinion off of science. So I can't debate conjecture. I can't debate uh, opinion. I can't debate subjective things. 
I'm a scientist. I'm a physician. I deal in facts. I deal in objectivity. And I can't go off of and start going down the, the, the rabbit hole of dealing with Alice in Wonderland. So, so I hear what you're saying. I'm, I, I totally imagine that, uh, you know, uh, the Brother Islam had a, would be had a interesting. Very... And I'll, I'll say okay. this. I said it would be interesting, and I'll say this, and I'm going to let you go. Um, but the, the books are available to everybody. Not not all of us. Some some yep. people read for 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 just for their own you know edification, and some people read towards a goal to get a degree. Everybody got the same books. It would be an interesting what, conversation. Everyone definitely like has everyone definitely has the same books. But if I challenged him on his knowledge of what's in those books, he would fail miserably. That's my point. So what that that's again, everyone definitely have those books. These all these letters behind my name do is give you know uh, verification that I know what I'm talking about. But anybody else could have read the same hundreds of books and the thousands of research papers that I've had to do in order to get those degrees to have that background. But they still got to, like, we go, it's like, yo, we in the hood. Well, I'm still going to chin check you, right? Like, we, I'm going to walk up, I'm going to ask you some questions. If you can't answer them, then we can't have a conversation. That's I mean, we're keeping it 100, right? So, so if he got chin checked by yeah. me in science, he would fall on the ground is what I'm saying. So that's all I'm saying, and that's. That ain't even no physical violence or nothing. We're just talking about facts here. So if we're keeping it on science and medicine, I don't care what books he read, I guarantee he won't even be able to answer a basic question that I would have for him. And you need to be able to answer these basic questions to understand the virology and the immunology behind what's happening in this pandemic. So, again, I appreciate I thank you for having me on, uh, on here. We might have to do this again because, like I said, yeah, now if we're starting to talk about the stuff in Wuhan, like, well, yeah. Now we're getting somewhere in terms of do people have some reason to question things. They definitely do, yeah. especially when you have Fauci, you know, being obtuse and uh, kind of standoffish about answering the questions when they're asking, yo, did y'all fund this? And if you say no, but we got evidence that you did, well, that's a problem, right? So Absolutely. in any case, yeah, we, we can run this back, man. We got please, please let let me know when, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I definitely appreciate the conversation with you too, man. If, if there's anything possible I could ever do for you, just let me know. And please, you know, just tell, whenever, bro, we'll run this right back. Honor right having back. you on, man. Enjoy the rest of your right. night, Thank man. You have a good me. one, bro. Ah, right, no doubt. All right, you take care. Peace. Peace. Oh, so many questions I still got on the table. Yeah, and hopefully, um. We can run that back because I definitely enjoyed that conversation. Uh, shout out to Riz Islam too, man. Um, I, I, man, that would really be an interesting conversation between the two of them. Um, but I must say, like he he, he brought some heat. I get it. Um, but and I didn't get a chance to say this too. You know, like the, the like like black folks don't believe in this, and there's something to be said about the consciousness of Black America. Tell me when the last time the consciousness of black America was wrong. Collectively, when we have spoken as, as, as a majority, a, a supermajority, if you will, and on a particular topic, we have been morally correct. I'm just saying. Um, science is dope, but there's something bigger. So I get kind of eh. – Anyway, um, thanks for uh, tuning in, man. Y'all have a good one. We'll be back next week. Oh, oh, next week um, I got Foggy on, and we're going to talk about old school hip-hop. This should be a fire episode, too. 
Um, and shout out to Dr. Drummond, man. Definitely an honor and a privilege. Y'all have a good one. Peace, fam.